You know, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about considering Christmas. If you haven't been, or if you have been here, you know we've been talking about that. If you haven't been here, well, we're still talking about considering Christmas because our hope as a church is that people would find Christ and find community. And to consider means slowing down, to think, to really think about Christmas. And I know that might be a little difficult this morning with all the commotion going on, but my prayer for us this morning is that we would have taken some time to really, really think about Christmas. What makes Christmas truly special if it isn't for Christ? Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. That's out of the lips of a child, right? That is what makes Christmas special. You know, if not, if not for Christ, I mean, lots of people celebrate Christmas, but if not for Christ, what is it? It's just a day off work and presents. It's like a birthday, an extra birthday for everyone. And anybody who's older than 10 does not want two birthdays a year. Amen? Oh, so, yeah, you must be 10. But I'd be 90 if I had two birthdays every year. There's nothing else to it. The cliche is true that Jesus is the reason for the season. Some would say that Christmas, oh, it's just based on some pagan celebrations way back when. They just took some of the things and, and uh, they made up this story. But, but the truth is, <laughs> this, this story... This, this event that happened, they found ways to celebrate. I almost wonder if they tried to redeem some of the celebrations that were happening in an attempt. But the real, the real reason that we celebrate is that something happened. Like we've said the last couple of weekends, if nothing happened, if this didn't happen, it really doesn't matter what we think about it. But if it did, if God came to the planet, then our response matters incredibly. And the fact is, you know, that, that we don't want to miss the fact in all the facets, in the, the trees, the presents, the services. We don't want to miss the fact. The fact that a light has come and a Savior has been born. Christ was born. A light has come and a Savior is born. Why a light? Why a Savior? Why? You know, have you considered, have you considered darkness? Have you thought about darkness? What is darkness, really? It's the absence of light. That's all it is. It's the absence of light. You know, when humanity chose sin, that's exactly what happened. It brought separation. The light and us no longer together. The absence of light in our lives led to this darkness. And it's not just this darkness out here. It's the darkness in here that matters. You know, we know that the darkness just continues to grow. It just did. It just does. There's an ever-growing depravity. There's a degrading morality. Things get darker and darker. It seems like you're like, man, how could people do that? Darkness. The absence of light. There's darkness. But I don't think we have to look around at other people. Honestly, I think if we just look in our heart, we can find that there's been times in us that we've seen that darkness. People we can't forgive. People we might even use the word hate. Thoughts of envy of someone else, thoughts of lust, thoughts of greed. And you know, I could test that theory pretty simply this morning. How many of you would love to have your thoughts of the past week or the past month or your lifetime broadcast on the screen here so everyone else could see what you were thinking? Any takers? No, no, because we're all like, I've had some great thoughts, but then there's those thoughts I really don't want. Oh, man, I don't want the darkness on display for everyone. We know it's there. We know it's there. And a lot of times we're like, ah, we can write it off as, well, I'm just human. But that's not what it is. The reason it's there is that there's a separation from light, a separation from God. And that's the power of sin. 
You know, that sin actually has the ability to, to separate us from God. We're like, man, it's God. He can do anything. Yeah, he can. He can, re- he can bridge the separation, but it's at a great cost. And God did something. He did something to bridge the gap, to simply restore God with us to bring light back into this inner darkness. And here's what Paul says to the Romans. If you have your Bibles, you can read it. Romans 5, verse 8. But listen to these words. Think about them clearly this morning. But God, the God of all creation, he demonstrates. He does something. He shows his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners. In the darkness, separated from God, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom now we have received the reconciliation. See any words in there that repeat over and over and over? reconciliation, reconciled. You know, we sing that song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Unfortunately, we didn't sing it this Christmas yet. But you remember those, those words? They were written by a guy named George we- uh, Charles Wesley, another guy named George Whitfield, uh, famous, famous preachers. They, they added a version, and then they made a choir version, which is the one we currently sing. How many know the words? Hark the Herald Angels Sing. What? Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth. And mercy mild. And what's this line? God God and sinners reconciled. It's from those verses in Romans that they got this thought. God and sinners reconciled. It's not a word we use very often. Maybe on your bank statement or whatever. But reconciled. Do you know what? what? Reconciled simply means this. To settle or resolve or to reestablish a close relationship between to reestablish a close relationship between. That's what he says God is doing, reconciling us. You ever been in a relationship that's not quite right? Doesn't feel good, eh? You know, like if, if you've ever been a, a part of a broken marriage or BFFs that are no longer BFFs or there's that person from church that offended you and you guys are at odds or maybe it's sibling rivalry or whatever it may be is, uh, that, there's this, that, that there's a relationship that's strained or broken. And, and, it, and, and when, you know, especially when you don't live in the same house and you, you bump into each other somewhere, it's like it's awkward. You're like, we do, you know, you pretend you didn't see them. And you're like, I, if I have to talk to them, I don't know what I'm going to say to them. Man, you have that. I've had that in my life with people. I've had that, and you're like, you just try and avoid that awkwardness. But you know, many people have that with the Lord. It's like anytime people start talking about Jesus, it's like, oh, awkward. You get into a church service and they're like, oh man, the gospel starts being shared. Like, I, I don't know what he thinks of me. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know if I want him talk, talking to me. I don't know what I would say to him. What is that? It's that power of separation, that power of darkness, that power of God not with us. But oh, the joy when that relationship is restored. Man, the relationship restored that we can be in close relationship with God. That is incredible, and that's what he came to do. That's the purpose of the manger and the cross, to save us from sin, save us from ourselves. Man, this, this was his answer. 
And for some, you know, I think we have to realize we don't get to choose our mode of salvation. We don't. We either take God's mode of salvation or we take nothing. I remember the old joke where there's this man, he's on the edge of a cliff and he falls off the edge of the cliff by this waterfall and he's halfway down and he grabs a branch and he's holding on for dear life. And he becomes a praying man all of a sudden. He's like, dear Lord, please save me. And all of a sudden, at the top of the cliff, these two guys are there with a rope, and they look down, like, hey, buddy, you, you, we got a rope, grab on. He's like, no, no, I prayed, God's going to save me, it's all good. And then as he looks down, two guys in a boat sail down, they're like, hey, drop into the water, we'll rescue. He's like, no, no, I prayed, God's going to save me, it's all good. And then a helicopter flies by and recognizes him and hovers there beside him and says, hey, buddy, we'll take you on. He's like, no, no, I prayed, God is going to save me. And the branch breaks. And he falls to his death, and he ends up at the pearly gates. And as he meets the Lord, he says, God, why didn't you save me? He's like, I tried. I sent all those people, but you didn't take my way of salvation. You know, I think about that thought that for many, this is his attempt. This is his way of salvation. This is his offering to you a hope that you will find no other place. But for us, the choice is, will we take it his way, the only way back to God? It's the only complete way. Ours is never complete. You know, we'll try our own ways. Oh, church attendance. Some of you, that's why you're here today. You're like, I go, I go on Christmas just in case, you know? If there's a God, maybe if I'm there on Christmas Easter, he'll be like, he'll let me in. He won't. For some, it's like, you know, I, I'm going to try and be a better person. This year, my New Year's resolution, just be better. When we find out, I can promise you, you won't be able to keep it. We don't have the ability. Our own ways are always lacking. And it's why he did it for us. He did it for us. Last verse today, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15 to 21, it says this. It's, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. That, that, that's the trade. He's like, if you'll receive my life, you no longer live for you. Don't miss the terms. He said, instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. And so Paul says, we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view and how differently we know him now. They thought, oh, he's just a guy. And they're like, oh, no, no, he's God. Verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. That old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. He's like, once you've been reconciled, he's calling you to reconcile others to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we're Christ's ambassadors. God's making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so we could be made right with God through, uh, through Christ. Paul simply explains what God was trying to do with all of this, was calling people to say, come back to God. Receive a gift of new life, of, of, of being forgiven of sin, of being made right with God. To live for Christ and no longer for yourself. To live for Christ and no longer for yourself. That invitation is given to every person here today. If you're not a Jesus follower, he's calling you to it. He's calling to that hope in him. And for the Jesus followers here today, we take it one step further. That is the task he's given to each one of us.
to help people be reconciled to him, to be brought back into close relationship with him, to call people back to God, to invite others to come back to God. And this morning, I want to share with you the, ver- the words of a, of a Christmas carol. A Christmas carol Beth showed me this morning. I've never heard of it before, and it's called, O Come, All Ye Unfaithful. Listen to the words. O come, all you unfaithful. Come weak and unstable. Come, know you're not alone. O come, barren and waiting ones, weary of praying. Come, see what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. He's born for you. O come, bitter and broken. Come with your fears unspoken. Come taste of his perfect love. Oh, come guilty and hiding ones. There's no need to run. See what your God has done. He's He's a lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. So come. Though you have nothing to offer, come. He is the offering. Come see what God has done. That is our hope this morning, that as we consider Christmas and realize, oh, the message is much more than just for us, that as we see our world around us, we realize that they are in need as well, that they would have the option to choose to come to know Christ. And I'll leave you with these two thoughts. As we said last night, not everyone's going to come, and it's, that's not our job. Not everyone's going to respond, and that's not up to us. I, I can't make you respond simply by preaching this morning. I, I can't. You get that gift of choice. You get that gift to decide. You know, there are some who simply today will say, you know, (laughs) I I just, I I like my life the way it is. I I don't want God's intervention. And there'll be a rejection of it. Some will be deceived to think you can have God with us and still love your sin and play the half and half game. That'll never work. And you'll miss out as a result. But for others, light will shine in your hearts today. Light will shine in the hearts of those around you as you call them to Christ. And darkness flees as it always does, as it always does. You know, they'll have the chance to be reconciled to God and enjoy Him, Him and eternal life with Him forever. So this morning, I just ask, which one are you? Which one are you in this morning? In 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 that list, and last night we shared it this way, it's like a chess match. In the beginning... It was God's move. He says, I'll make perfect creation. I'll make everything perfect, including humans. And then he says to them, now it's your move. And as humans, for their first move, they said, yeah, no, we'll do it our own way and profoundly destroyed everything. And then they're like, God, it's your move. And he says, I'm going to give an opportunity for people to come back to him. I'll send my son and I'll sacrifice my son so that you might have a chance to return and be reconciled to me. And now he says, it's your move. And around this room, that's the call. It's your move. What will you do with what he's done for you? Maybe for the first time today, it's like, okay, God, I surrender. I put my trust in you. I receive your gift of salvation. And for the Jesus followers here today, can you consider the gift of God with you? Would you live out your life with the realization that God is with me in every step you take, Everywhere you go, listening for his voice, God is with us. That is the greatest gift of Christmas. Man, we are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. Pray that you don't hear these words and just harden your heart to them, but that you'd open your heart to him. Allow him 
to just flood you with his love, the gift of hope, the gift of life, the gift of light. Let there be darkness no more. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming. Oh, man, I could pray the same prayer every day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for rescuing us, for rescuing me. Lord, thank you for the joy of knowing you. I pray that as we go from this place celebrating your birth, Lord, that our world might see you through our lives, that we may just simply enjoy the fact of living life with you. Oh, as we practice for eternity, as we live in eternity even now. Oh, man. Lord, I pray that it wouldn't be just a thought, it wouldn't just be words, but as we consider it and think about it, we would experience, experience truly you with us, us with you. For those who don't know you this morning, Lord, I just pray over them that as they've heard these words, may they be like seeds in their heart that they can't get out of their minds, that they continue to wrestle with and be drawn to you. Lord, I thank you for those that put their faith and trust in you, that there truly is hope and that you change lives today. I love you, Jesus. I'm grateful for it. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, we don't have any song, Dan, do we? I'm not going for it. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We do. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We have lots of snacks and stuff at the back. Feel free to hang around, enjoy. Thank you to Charlie and Sharon for all the decor this weekend. Thank you to our musicians for uh, giving us the opportunity to worship him. And thanks above to him. Above all, you are the reason, Jesus. You are the reason. You are dismissed. Have a great Christmas. Go out and shine.